So here we are. Who knew? Podcast number nine, I believe. Nine or ten. Ten or or eight or whatever. It doesn't matter. Something like that. Who cares? Who's counting? Yeah. So we are um, in our series right now, which is Strength Through Adversity, and we've been kind of cranking along through this. Um, Incidentally, I can't hear you in my headphones. Yeah, I'm working on that. But you're working on that? That's good. There we go. Hey, there you go. That's good. So we started this series. We've got a lot of good feedback on it. What's been your favorite part so far? Well, I mean, my favorite part is good feedback, right? Everybody likes to know that they said something and people went, hey, that wasn't a waste of my time to actually show up. So we've been on a series called Strength Through Adversity. And, you know, it reminds me today it's raining in Phoenix. And it's, it's unbelievable because it's not just like a monsoon that comes in and and then leaves right. 15 minutes later. It's like, a, it's like a rainstorm that you actually see in the movies. Because in Phoenix, you know, we never get any rain at all. So like, I'm looking at these clouds and I'm going, this is not normal. Because you can see it's like completely cloud covered and then it's been yep. raining for more than an hour. And so today, today I dropped my daughter Whoa. up at school. And, and it was, what's funny is there's two lines. And the one line that um, when you drive the cars in is the line that's right next to the building. So you can just get out and whatever. The other line, you have to go up and, you, and the kid gets out of the left side of the car and has to cross the street. And it's just kind of an interesting little sidebar into human behavior because now it's, and it's raining pretty hard. There's literally like 35 cars that are backed up all the way down the street into the entrance of the school because everybody wants to be in the lane where the kid doesn't have to cross the street. Because it's raining. Yeah. And and if the rain were to touch the kid's head, they, they might melt. They yeah. might melt and die. And so so you have this massive backup of cars because nobody wants to let their kid out into the other. And there's literally three cars where the the kids have to get out on the other side and then go to the crosswalk, which is maybe 10 yards, and then cross the street. And so I got into the, the chicken lane at first because ah, you know, the other two were dropped off and I had my little 10-year-old. And I thought, well, you know, and it was raining really hard. And I said, wait a second, what is this about? You know, it's, it's water. So we moved over to the other lane and passed everybody, you know, and everybody's sitting there wasting gas and time and everything else. And then finally, um, so it was kind of funny though because she opens the door and there's a puddle where if she, because she's little, you know, if she were to step in this puddle, it would go like all the way up halfway up her shin. And so there's a curb. And so I'm like, okay, open the door. I said, you have to reach with your foot for the curb, right? Well, now she's got this backpack that weighs like 300 pounds because she's goes to this school where they have gigantic books. And so she's got that, she's got her lunch and you know, everything else. And so she's like craning her leg over and trying to get out. And I'm like, you can do it. You're a gymnast. You can do it. You're a gymnast, you know? And so she's like, you know, and she like stretches her leg (laughs) and she's trying to avoid this, the big giant river that has formed between the car and the curb. So anyway, um, but, but the cool thing about that is, and I, cause I said, honey, I said, it's, it's water, it's rain. It's not going to kill you. She's like, yeah, I know I got it. But everybody else is like backed up all the way to the street. And the reason that's important is because a, it's like never going to happen again. You yeah. know, it's like that, it's like that Ray Bradbury story about the people that live on Venus and, and the sun only comes out like once every seven years and then it rains all the time. And then there's this one girl and they lock her into the closet and then, and then, um, the clouds come up, open up and the sun comes out and they all go out to play and they forgot they left her in the closet and then she misses the whole thing and the clouds come back and it's kind of a sad thing. That's, that's so, 
yeah. obscure reference. It's, it's an obscure yeah. reference. So, but but so this, if you miss today because you slept in or you're out of town, you're going to miss the, this. Isn't going to happen again for a long time. But the point is, strength through adversity. That's the series, right? Yeah. So, I mean, to let the kid out of the car when it's raining. With her, with her backpack, having to step over a curb is not gonna is not gonna kill her. In right. fact, it kind of makes for a cool story that she can. Hey, you know, I braved the rain as opposed to oh my gosh, if the child gets wet, he's gonna die. So or maybe his homework will get wet, or maybe his sandwich will melt. So anyway, the point of that is what I love about the series is that we're learning how to become tougher people in life, not just with rain, but with everything in life. So when we look at First Peter, there's this implication that we don't just wilt under societal pressure or financial pressure, relational pressure, but we actually look at challenges as an opportunity to grow and say, you know, if I actually get through this, I'm going to be a stronger individual. So people that right. are struggling in their marriage right now, if you're five years in and you're like, man, this marriage really sucks. And if I ditch this person, maybe I could find somebody better. And then I could be, you know, be 38 years old in 10 years and be happy. But what if I actually got through it? And what if we had two or three years of, you know, difficult, rocky stuff, but then we got through it and we were able to look back and say, wow, we still have the same marriage. We, we, we have the kids, we have everything and we have this past that maybe, you know, was difficult and everything, but it's our past. It's something that we can share and we can refer back to it later on. And we know that we can get through these things because if you run away from these challenges, then what happens is when you face them again in another iteration of your life, then you'll go, well, last time I ran away and it worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer in the idea that uh, perseverance develops perseverance. Yes. And, and, and I was talking with a young guy who was just going through a really rough time home, and he's a high schooler, having mm-hmm. a really hard time. And I said, hey, you're going to make it through this, and you're going to come out the other side, and you're going to be glad that you did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it now. It's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. But when you come out, God's going to use it to strengthen you and to bless you, this thing that's so terrible right now. And we just see that over and over again. Everything in life is like that. You know, yeah. the graphic for our series is this guy lifting weights. You know, he didn't start out with that much weight. No. But it's this crazy idea. Perseverance, um, the word for it is in, in James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. The word for that is to remain under the pressure. Mm-hmm. The ability to remain. So like if you have a piano falling on you, the idea is you want to get out of the way. Well, James is saying, hey, you know, maybe don't do this literally. But no, the idea is don't try that, that if instead of getting out of the way, you stay under it, you'll get better at staying under it. And catching pianos. Pianos, yeah. Like World's Strongest Man competition stuff. Right. But it's this idea that doing hard things makes you better at doing hard things. It's like the, the virtue of fortitude. Mm-hmm. Because it may be, and, and I don't know why it is that some of us are called to to kind of consistent seasons of difficulty. And some people just, you know, they aren't, you know, and, and I'm not saying that some people just have it, they never have any problems at all, but, but you look at two sets of people and one person will deal with like health challenges and financial struggles and whatever, and somebody else won't. But that the person that is that you have to learn how to live with these things and can't just sit there and, and say, oh, what well, was me or whatever else. You right. gotta say, how do I find joy in the in the midst of that? And I think that's one of the things that bothers me sometimes about the self-help 
industry. Because there's, there's a book I've been reading lately that's kind of a, it, it would be, it's, it's, it's legit, but it's kind of in that self-help category. Sure. And I was reading it, I was going, gosh, why don't I, like, I should preach more like this. Because if I, preach, I, if I preached more like this, I feel like it would be so much simpler. And like, I had this person come up to me and say, you know, when Dave speaks, I totally understand what he's saying. But when you speak, I'm so confused. And it was kind of funny. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and you said that was a moment of perseverance right there. It, yeah, I thought it was cool. It was like yeah. God God going, hey, Jacobs, by the way, I know sometimes <laughs> you think you're like you're good at stuff, but I'm just going to send this person <laughs> to come in and just lob this, this totally did not mean it bad at all. Just yeah. kind of a tenderhearted, just kind of a, not a person that has any animus at all. And then just going, you know, I really like Dave. <laughs> I just don't get you. And it was cool. I was like, okay. And and I just kind of said, all right. And I, I walked away because I didn't know what else to do. But but that being said, the whole self, the self-help thing, what I realized as I was reading this book is I'm going, what is it about this that doesn't like jive with some of the stuff in, in, in First Peter? And I realized that what, what the self-help industry does is they throw out this seductive, future, um, this preferred future that they say you need to get there and, and you're kind of like, you're entitled to it. It's there for you. It's waiting for you. All you have to do is get over your stuff and you can reach out and get it. And, and, and it's, it's, it's good. I understand. And there, there's seasons in life when it's totally, um, appropriate, but you can't, it's almost like you know, you can you can live on pizza when you're in college, but you really can't do it when you're in your 50s because it's just you can't live on that stuff for every single day of your life. You'll so there's a time when you can live on that, but then there's a time when you're like, wait a second, I don't I don't know if if there's this destiny out there waiting for me as much as I, th- I think I'm living in it now. Right. It's just hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so it's kind of like. Well, what's waiting for you is financial independence and freedom from this and freedom from difficulty and freedom from all these things. And I'm going, well, that's in heaven. You keep telling me that there's this better life if I just would do X, Y, and Z. I'm not sure that there's a yeah. this completely different existence that I I can I can if you can imagine you can do it. Well, there's a lot of things I can imagine that I could never do. Yeah, you know, and so. So I wonder sometimes if there's a seduction that the self-help people have, and they're maybe well-meaning, and there's a period of time where you can live where you need that, where you're in a bad spot, and you need to, yeah, to get out of prison or to get over your drug addiction or to get you out of yourself out of the mountain of debt. But but when things are, when you're kind of like on that road and it's still hard, it's okay if it's hard. You know, you, the issue isn't how do I get, how do I remove all this difficulty? It's how do I live with this difficulty yeah. and still be joyful because, because it's because of the difficulty that I'm actually doing something good. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something yeah. good that's happening with my life that's kind of struggling. And you, you kind of nail it saying there's a seductive or deception there um, because you're right. It's true in certain circumstances, but not in all. Yeah. Sometimes this is just what it is. And right. The, and the grass is greener on the other side, but the other side might not even be in this lifetime. So, yeah. you know, the passage that I preached on a few weeks ago, I used an analogy that a lot of people uh, grabbed onto, but I'm not sure if they grabbed the whole point of it. I was talking about Superman versus Wolverine. Mm-hmm. 
I said, I don't like Superman because he's not brave. You know, he goes in, he bullets bounce off him, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I know you comic book nerds, you're going to go, well, you know, in this, in issue uh, 353, <laughs> uh, he did bleed. And, no, <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm, I'm talking about the, the general principles. Superman's yeah. invincible. There's no need to be brave. Mm. He knows he's going to come out the other side unscathed. Mm-hmm. You know, robbers shooting guns at him, it's not going to hurt him. Wolverine, on the other hand, his ability is regeneration. So he knows he's going to go th- come out the other side alive, but he knows it's also going to hurt really bad. Oh, yeah. He's going to take uh-huh. his bruises. Mm-hmm. He's going to take his lumps. And that's what kind of Peter was saying. He said, hey, this might get really bad, and it's going to hurt, and this life could beat you up, but we have the hope that we have in the cross, in the resurrection. We know how it we're going we're gonna to come out the other side okay. Yeah, and even in the Superman, the one that I'm thinking of the, from when I was a kid, yeah. the one where he... Um, he lo- the, here's the interesting thing about uh, the part about the movie. They're going to make a whole movie about a guy that can't get hurt. So what's the major plot of the movie? He loses his power. Yeah. And, and, so they, and it's funny because I never thought about that until you preached on it, and I was talking with someone about your message. So that's they where were, they had the, the big issue was with Superman that I don't yeah. like him. Because, because, kidding. well, yeah, yeah, because somebody, that was, they were kind of mad at you for dogging Superman, but then yeah. I said, well, but then they said, well, he has a good point. And, <laughs> and the thing about it is that, that he loses his power and that's what makes it interesting. Like he goes to that bar and then the, the, you know, whatever his name is, the guy beats him up and he's not used to being beat up before. And now he's got to deal with the fact that he's not Superman. Yeah. And then when, you know, when he goes to that little, uh, ice, castle thing at the end you know and the he, fortress of solitude whatever it, it is i don't know what that place? is i don't know that's his base i believe it's called the uh fortress of solitude <laughs> i don't know i don't know because i just watched the movie and then i grew up um we're talking christopher reeves here is yeah, that? uh christopher reeve there's no yeah. s yeah. Oh, yeah um but but yeah in any case so what then what happens is he uh these bad guys come and then you know they're basically have his same powers and then he has to defeat them and then he tricks them because then he goes into the little chamber and then the, I, I, anyway so he gets his power back and then they become weak and then he beats them up and then everything's good again and Lois Lane you know goes back to thinking that she's or he's awesome or whatever but all that to say that 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 you can't make a movie about a guy who's completely invulnerable and make it interesting yeah because it's not the human story. And you can't make a movie about a guy who is um, who doesn't struggle and go through hard times. And how does he get through that hard time? Yeah, I learned in high school English in a theater class that there has to be conflict for there to be a story. Yeah. Otherwise, your life is really boring. Yeah. What are you going to do? And, some, and I think what happens sometimes today is people will start conflict because they are bored because there really isn't this big cause to give yourself to. And that's why I think another reason why the First Peter series has been so important because... There is a cause. And we talk about the difference between foreigners and residents. And and if you live, or citizens, if you live on this earth as a citizen of the earth, and th- you're going to be very frustrated because you're made for heaven, but you can't, you're not planning mm-hmm. for heaven. So you're like, why isn't this earth better? You know, in your mind, you're almost thinking it's supposed to be heaven. It's, I, I, why do I have all these problems? Right. Because you, you're, you're, you're wired and built to live in a place like heaven, but you don't, you don't really know about it. You haven't thought about it and you don't realize this is not heaven. And no one can seem to do away with that feeling. Right. Even if they can try to theorize away God. Um, you know, I remember mm-hmm. reading the beginning of Richard Dawkins' God Delusion. And in it, he just, he goes on to, he goes on to say, 
that we are DNA and we dance to its music and it's, you know, we're just the product. You know, you look around, you see atrocities and that's just chaos. It's just what it is. But then he goes on to say that Christianity can't exist because look at all the horrible things Christianity has done. Mm-hmm. That's very subtle, but there's a logical flaw there. He says there is. there is no wrong. There's everything is just, you know, it is the way it is. But then what he's so upset about is the wrongs that he's seen in the history. Right. And even the atheist has to look around and go, things aren't the way they should be. Even if they try to say it is, they look around and go, things aren't the way they should be. Well, and what they do is they say, things aren't the way they should be. Therefore, there's no God. As opposed to saying, wait, I can conceive of a should be. <laughs> yeah. They you know don't I mean? take the time to say that. Because yeah. of the very fact that there's a should be, where does that should be come from? Yeah. And, and by the way, they're perfectly content to say that the should be comes from a non-thinking, non-intentional, non-created substance that has, that has nothing, basically. Or they're content to say it came from aliens. Yeah. And all I have to say is, if you think that you were, the earth was created by aliens— then basically you believe in God. You just believe in a weird God yeah, with like a funky helmet and a flying saucer. And that's weirder to me <laughs> than God. So we could go... But hey, I could be wrong. Yeah, we could go into all that. We could. I want to stay on the strength through adversity because I think it's real life. You know, you mentioned yeah. the, the picture of marriage. Um, you know, I can think personally a uh, couple years ago, mm-hmm. just going through a real hard time. And we're we're gonna hit nine years this December. It's awesome. Uh, sorry, ten years this December. Get that right. Yeah, that's it's the big one. That could have been the very like, purpose of this podcast. Yeah, you know, was to get that right. Uh, we're gonna hit ten years. We're at nine years now, and uh, you know, we went through some some hard. It was not an easy ten ten years. You know, my wife yeah. wouldn't be upset at me saying that. In fact, she did a whole Facebook post on it. And uh, it's because of you. It's because of you <laughs> that my life has been miserable and great at the same time. Yes. No, Interesting. Uh, but, you know, have we had not gone through the conflicts that we've gone through mm-hmm. and stuck it out? See, we just always knew we were committed to it. Yeah. And we're going to, we, it's kind of like that Wolverine concept. We're going to take our hits. We're going to, we're going to come, we're going to get bloody, but we're going to come out the other side because we're committed to sticking it out. You know what? And that's so cool because. I'm, we're, we're 18, 18 years in and, and it's funny cause, and I don't know if, if Judy would, would agree with this, but I mean, I think back to like year three and year four yeah, and they really weren't that great. <laughs> I mean, I, they, I thought they were good. I mean, it was fine. Cause I think we had, you know, we had our, for, we had our first child and, and we were, bought a house or whatever else, but it I, I would not want to go back to those days. I mean, yeah. they, they were they were fine, but I'm I go, why is my life, why is our marriage better now than it was 15? Everybody thinks that was, you know, when you say I've been married for 18 years, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Well, it's actually better now than it was then. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to go back there because I don't want to say it sucked because it didn't, it wasn't like that bad, but but compared to what it is now, yeah, it was we were still getting to know each other. I mean we and that's the funny thing we laugh about. There was so much, um, you know, history that had yet to be made. And I remember I never forget this quote from Jack Nicholson, 
who apparently lives in two houses next door to each other, somewhere like in Hollywood Hills or whatever else. And he goes back and forth between the two. At least he did several years ago when I read this article. And he never married, I guess, or he hasn't been married for many, many, many years. And they asked him, they said, you know, do you regret that? And he said, I do, because he said, you would, he said, if I had lived all this time of my life with somebody, then the, you know, the, basically um, our, our past would be intertwined. And we would have this history with yeah. each other. And, and there, you have a reference point with this person. And, you know, you know, and, and if you don't have that, you've lived all these years. And I'm not dogging people that are single because they know this. And, they, and it's, it, if they've chosen to be single, that's great. There's nothing wrong with being No, there's nothing wrong yeah. with, being that, with, with being single. But, but the point is, is, that, is that people think that as you get older in marriage, that it somehow gets worse because it's only one person. And I don't realize you have to start over with somebody again and start over with somebody again. Right. And you can't, those reference points become not as um, comprehensive, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the story applies. I mean, first Peter, obviously the context isn't just sticking it out through tough times in marriage. It's talking about just right. stick clinging to the gospel because it is what life is about. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter what tries to beat it out of you, take it out of you. Uh, just cling to that. So you talked this week on being a citizen of earth versus being a citizen of the kingdom first. You talked about this concept that you coined as, uh, I don't know if you stole it or if you came up with it, but the uh, the legal outlaw. Yeah, I, ca- I kind of invented that term, but the idea is that, I mean, I think I did, unless I read it somewhere and didn't realize it, but um, <laughs> but the, the idea that I live as a, I, I follow the laws, of the, um, of the land in which I live, but I, I go beyond the law, you know? Yeah. And so we talked about the whole care and, and you helped me with this. We were talking about the sermon last week and, and you brought up this great point that I used in the sermon. I didn't credit you with it. Sorry. That's right. But I credited Jesus. I, yeah. He, it was really him. It really yeah, was him. I, I was just referencing back. You did. Yeah. You were doing your job and reading the Bible and yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, to go one mile, when, you know, when the Roman soldiers said, hey, you have to carry my equipment for one mile, you had to carry it one mile or you're busted. So that was the, the, uh, the law of impression, you know, um, where they had impressed upon you this, this thing you had to do. And so you can imagine the, uh, as I was reading more about this, the idea that people just become resentful because like, who are you to tell me you messed up my life and I got to do all these things today. And I mean, you know, you know, walking a mile isn't that big of a deal, but walking a mile with like, I mean, you know, it's like walking with like 60 pounds on your back and everything else. It's a, it's a lot. So whatever they had to do. And then you think you get to the very end of you had to do and drop it and say, you know what? I'm out of here. Goodbye. I don't need to, I I, legal requirements, the legal requirements been met. Jesus says, no, 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 go with another, another mile. And people go, why would you do that? Because that flips everything on its head now. Yep. Now the law, the law is like totally null and void at that point. Because now what you're doing is you're reaching the person. And so in a period of difficulty, so if you have a boss who's terrible, um, you have a work situation that's terrible, you have a neighbor that's terrible. I don't have any of those things. Don't have any yeah. terrible neighbors at all. Um, then then uh, that I can think of that, um, that what does it look like to go the extra quote unquote mile for that? Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, what does it look like to return uh, something that's unfair with, with, with grace. And, and that, like, who can do that? You, you can't be a weak person and do that. Yeah. You can't be a bitter person and do that. 
you know, you, you can only claim the legal law. Like it's, it's anybody can say, well, that's the law. And, and so I've done what I've done. Anybody can do that. It's not being a pushover. It's, it's actually saying no, no, the, the law is just, that's was made up by some crazy guy, you know, who, right. who made, who, what moron made up this one mile thing could have been a half mile, could have been two miles. Who, who made up the mile anyway? Some guy made it up. Yeah, I'm not sure if they law. used miles back in the Romans. No, they, it was like something like it was like a mile was 5,200 <laughs> feet. This was like 4,700 yeah. feet, but they just kept it as a mile so people wouldn't so get we, confused. Yeah. But the point is, it's some arbitrary number that some guy made up. And so Jesus is saying, what's the big deal about that? Just go a little bit further and then see how, see what that, and by the way, that activity is what changed the world. You know what yeah. I mean? That activity is what caused, and we talk about them in the 300s. I got that from Piper, the emperor, saying, you know, man, these Christians, they keep taking care of not only their own poor, but they take care of our poor people as well. Some of it's why it's what we need to be doing rather than like getting all mad about stuff all the time yeah. and freaking out because somebody did this or somebody did that. Just keep trying to do our best as Christians to be people that people want to be around. Yeah, it's funny how it affects culture too you think of like even the term go the go the extra mile yeah we use that flippantly as something that's almost expected you know or like something that you but it's really the unexpected well we don't understand it what we've done is we've commandeered it and made it a marketing um technique so you know at jim's plumbing service we'll go the extra mile for you well why are you doing that because you want to get their business yeah you're not, you're not, you're not saying, you know, in your heart, you're not going, I really want to do more than required. You're like, no, I want to do more required. So, and I'm not saying that's bad, no. but you're not required to fix the guy's toilet. You're going to get paid to fix the guy's toilet. This, this is an entirely different thing. So yep. we don't, the culture uses go the extra mile. They have we, no clue what it really means. Yeah. And how to apply that in your life is, is much deeper than a business practice of, of being more intentional. Yeah. It's, it's much more like when things are not they're legally right, but they're not really fair. Yes. Just yes. You go the extra mile. Yeah. And that, that's that's a whole nother level of, you know, how that affects your work, how that affects your marriage, or you know, any of that stuff. You know, when you go, oh, you know, I deserve this. Okay. Well, if here's what you get. You know, how are you going to be intentional to in an, a situation where you could just do the legal requirement? Yeah. Going above and, beyond. and that's where you have to entrust yourself, as it says, to entrust yourself to the one who judges justly because nobody and see, everybody wants what they do to be known. So like we can't get through a moment right. that's meaningful without posting it or capturing it because we want everybody to know how, what, how great we did or how much fun we're having or how good we look or whatever the case may be. And again, that's a problem because because up until very recently, you couldn't do that at all. I mean, you could write about it and see if anybody would read and really <laughs> care. But I mean, for the most of the world, if you're going to do something, you do it in secret. And then you have to entrust to God who sees it and he evaluates it. You know, there was uh, in our Life 360 class, we talk about the spiritual disciplines in the GROW class and how they're not like mystical in and of themselves, but they just kind of realign you to God's ways. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like fasting. You couldn't live fasting. No. And that's, that's sometimes not for even like a few hours. In yeah. My case. Some people, some people just, but it's a, yeah. it's a discipline. What's it do? When you fast, you think about food. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And when you think even about, you're food, not fasting. Yeah. But, like I'm thinking about it right now. It's 11, almost 11, but does that count as a fast? If you've gone more than like an hour without I, food? I don't think so. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> the idea is that you think about food and you think about where your sustenance really comes from. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, 
but on the very words of God. You know, that kind of that's kind of the idea. It realigns you to what's really important. So there I was reading Dallas Willard's The Great Omission, and he was talking about spiritual disciplines, and then it he kind of listed a few, and then he listed one I'd never heard of. It's called secrecy. You ever heard mm. of this discipline? Actually, no. in my men's group, I challenged the guys to do this. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun. Um, you go and you do something extremely graceful, extravagant for somebody, but you tell nobody about it. And it's a spiritual discipline that realigns your thinking to what exactly what you're talking about in First Peter, which is who's, who's the one who really judges things? Mm-hmm. And am I doing this for the praise of man or am I doing it? So it just kind of realigns you with your motives and, you know, and things like that. And there's so many times that I have done things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but, subtle, but, subtle. <laughs> but it's true. Um, in terms of what you're saying, I think yeah. that's the idea. I mean, because some for people like, God forbid, I don't have my phone to, to record this amazing thing that I'm about to do. Right. And um, I think that's a problem because it does leave us. That's the the thing is this, the disciplines in that as you're talking about, they're supposed to leave us fuller in the end than emptier. So like when you fast, you're supposed to be fuller in your spirit, even though you might still be hungry. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you you're supposed you're like you're supposed to realize first of all when you fast, you realize how much you do depend on food. Like I remember that like because I can count on one hand the amount of times I I'm sorry. I mean I have my vices and and. I, I don't fast well. Okay. So this one time, like 13 years ago when I was fasting, um, for like the afternoon. And I remember I was watching TV and there was this Jack in the box per- commercial that came on. I don't even go to Jack in the box, you know? And I was like, Judy, we have to go there. Like I just and like, and it was something that I don't even eat. And I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I got to have that now because you re- realize how your body is a slave to these things. And it's the appetites, you know? And so, and so when you, but when you can break that and you realize, wait a second, that food should not have that kind of power, that kind of visceral power over me. God should have that power over me. Then mm. you grow in your, in your uh, case. And then I think that what you're saying with secrecy is if you do something in the, and you are so inclined to want to let everybody know how great you are. And it's going to be so hard at first. Cause you're going to want to like, you know, how was your day? Great. I did something today, yeah. you know? And well, what was it? Well, I might as well tell you, no, to, to say, and to actually almost secrecy, the point where you're not lying, but but you're doing such a good job covering over where you were between one and one thirty when you were going and mowing somebody's yard or whatever the case may be, yeah. so that nobody really knows. And um, that is a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, it realigns you. Yep, it's it's good stuff. Man, this was I we we just intended to talk about like I don't know the weather and you know yeah you're get you got I mean, a new car almost almost I'm thinking about getting a new car. You know I've been trying to gather. I've been reading Proverbs. That's where I've been. Yeah. And uh, I love it. It says the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. That's yeah. It. It's that and the fear of the Lord. It kind of mm-hmm. uses those interchangeable, but if you seek it out. So, you know, I'm not a super car guy. I don't know much. So I try to tap guys on the shoulder uh, around the church that I know know a thing or two and ask some questions. Yeah. And, but it's been a, a process because, you you know, you have a budget and you, you try to do things with prudence. You know, you read Proverbs and it kind of beats you up for doing anything foolish. So you start walking with that fear of the Lord and don't want to yeah. look foolish. Um, it's cool. We're on Facebook Live right now and there's there's people chiming in. That's kind of fun, That's too. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. Because we're just about ready to wrap it up, I think. Yeah. Unless you have something earth shattering you want to talk about. Well, I just wanted to hit up a couple things that we got going on. Yep. Uh, one is this, of course. If you enjoy the Green Room podcast... How could you not? 
you know, how could you not? We're trying to set it up towards its own podcast where you can subscribe to that. And we want to be real consistent. We're going to try to get those out every other week and tell your friends and jump on iTunes. Look it up. Uh, Green Room Podcast. We're going to try to get it up on our website as well. We should make t-shirts in that exact color. Yeah, right there. You could wear it and then you could stand against the wall here in the green room. And you would just look like a head. You could be camouflaged. Yeah. Uh, But we've got that thing going on. We want more people on that. Get on our email list and that will actually help you find those as well. How do they get on the email list? Well, there's a couple ways. Uh, but really, the only way I know of, I know there's more than one, but it's a uh, you secret. could. <laughs> it's a discipline of secrecy. Yeah. He really knows, but he doesn't want to tell us. You could, you, could, you could go to the connection point. You could fill out our connection card and put your email yeah. list on there. Make sure it's real. Put your email on there. Make sure it's really legible so we're not sending it to some other guy who has a slightly closer email right. than yours. Um, the, the other thing we want to talk about is we do have our grand opening coming up. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, you say, well, grand opening, didn't you open these buildings up, you know, several months ago? We did, but it's been like a lot of businesses, you have like a soft opening and you work the kinks out, you buy the furniture, you get everything figured out, and then you open it up to the community. So on Saturday, September 17th, we're having this thing. We're going to have bouncers for the kids and we're going to have, are we having a band? Yeah, there's going to be a little three-piece band. We got some three-piece three piece bands are the best. So you got guitar, be drums, and what? Bass. bass. You got to have hey, bass. You got to have bass. Forgot about the bass. Our poor bass players Everybody always wear a chip on their shoulder. What, what is that guitar? Why is it? I can't, even, I can't hear. even hear that thing. Yeah. Oh, but you can feel it, man. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can. So, by the way, if you're not that good of a guitar player, become a bass player because everybody needs bass players. Yeah. And I, I know I just insulted all the bass players out there. <laughs> if you are a good fun. guitar player and you can't get gigs, switch to the switch bass. Switch to bass. Yeah, you'll get plenty. It's Yeah. Anyway, but the, the point of that is that we have a grand opening and it's going to be after our Saturday night service. We got a lot food of fun. trucks too. Food trucks. Yeah. And I mean, look, out here in the West Valley, in the wild West Valley, you know, there's not that much stuff to do. Um, you know, when you got kids, I mean, there's parks and whatever, but it's not like we live in this really like, you know, center of the earth kind of a place. It's, it's, it's an up and coming city. That's right. So, you know, you're looking for things to do with your kids. So you come and it's free, right? Yep. I mean, the food trucks, you have to pay for that, but I mean, the bouncers, all this stuff is free. And then it gives you a chance to kind of meander through our, we open up our new children's room. You kind of walk through, you can see some things. And this is a great way we're handing out. We're going to be, uh, advertising to the community. Hey, come check us out. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's such a different church than it was even a year ago. Yeah. I mean, where we're standing was just, you know, rocks. And now here we are in this place and, and we have more plans too. I mean, we have the property out here. We want to continue to build. We want to continue to try to, to reach out to our neighbors as much as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got the it's grand opening um, and then we'll probably start talking about this soon, but Trunk or Treat will be coming in October. Ooh. That's always mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's a big event. It was like, it was like a, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It was like, I had not seen that much craziness since, you know, I was in college. Yeah. Um, I mean, just thousands of people, <laughs> it, was just, it was way bigger than we thought it yeah. would be. And I think it's going to be even bigger this yeah. year. Every year it's gotten bigger. It's gotten bigger. It's going to be like 500 people every year. So, so I mean, at some point, you know, we'll be at like 55,000 people, but yeah. we'll be really old by then. It'll so. be insane. Yeah. So that's all. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. You know, we got some shout outs here. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Robbie Reed is joining. He's one of my favorite guys. Robbie Reed? He's a cool guy. Who else is who else? I'm just curious. Who else? We got got? Rose Crow. We got Cheryl Jacobs. She says, Mama's listening right now with a with a thumbs up. You know when when your mom's listening that you've arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my mom is listening. Um, I'm just totally kidding. That was kind of I that's awesome because my mom's very busy and you know. But yeah. 
thank you for uh, tuning in, and hopefully you'll see us in a couple weeks. You'll tune in again, and we'll get going. Awesome. All right. See you guys.